Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. My name is Stephanie Hubka, and I am a chapter past president and a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. Hello, everyone. I'm Christina Eanes, the vice president of marketing and communications. We also have Helena Hodges, our vice president of finance and operations, as our producer. And for this episode, we are interviewing Bridget McGowan. So, welcome, Bridget. Thank you so much. It is fantastic to be on the show with you, Stephanie and Christina. <laughs> Oh, we love the energy already. We especially love it because of today's topic. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, though. Before we get into our topic for the day, we would actually love it if you tell us a little bit more about yourself for all of our Sure. Listeners. So I'm a professional speaker. Surprise, surprise. It's ATD. We're all about <laughs> yeah, talent development and speaking well. I'm a professional <laughs> speaker. But back in the day, I got my start kind of as a professional speaker in the classroom. I used to teach. Yeah, I was a, yeah, I was an adjunct at a community college in the Houston area. And then I also worked full time as a faculty member for the Texas A&M University system. And then I also taught online for University of Phoenix. So I kind of covered all the bases when it came to higher ed. We had online, we had two year commuter campus and four year residential. Then I transitioned into doing some faculty development for an ed tech company. One thing led to another. And I said, hey, Let's be a professional speaker and try to pay the bills with it. Here we are. I love it. I love it. And I also love the story. Just, you know, the twists and turns that get you to where you are and what brings you into what you love to do. And that's another reason why I'm so excited that we have today's topic on the agenda. So we are talking, and I, I just love the title of today's episode, Why Did the Trainer Cross the Road? <laughs> Humor in Training. Humor in Training is a tough one. It's an important one. And I am so excited to learn all about it from you. So let me start. I guess I don't know if this is quite the beginning, but let me start here. Why does humor work in training? For all those people out there who are nervous about it, why does it work in training? Well, you know, with humor, it just brings down some of your defenses. You don't have to feel so mm. buttoned up. You don't have to feel so serious. It just adds levity to a moment. It's important because people feel a little bit more comfortable with you if they're able to laugh with you. People feel more comfortable with you if you can help them get to a happy space in some kind of way. So that's why it's incredibly important. It, it really helps in building a connection with your audience. Hmm. I love it. Oh, I love that idea of connection. Too. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I know there's people who are tentative, you know, about using humor or some people avoid it altogether. Are there any common myths that you've come across that we should just blow right out of the water today? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the first one is a lot of times people will tell you, oh, if you're nervous, just start with a joke. Just start with something funny with your presentation. That is a no, hands down. Because here's the deal. <laughs> when you start with a joke, it's nine times out of 10 going to flop, especially if the audience in front of you doesn't know you. Now, if these are your coworkers yeah. and people that you know see you on a regular basis, they know who you are, it might work. But for audiences where they don't know you, 
actually any audience. Starting with a joke is oftentimes something that we're told to do. Myth, don't do it because the audience is not going to laugh. It's going to flop. And here's why. You have not done anything to make the audience feel you. You see, an audience mm. needs to feel you. They need to be feeling you in order to want to laugh at anything that you say. And how you get an audience to feel you is you give them value right away. You solve a mystery, you answer a question, you give a solution to a problem as quickly as possible. And when you do that, when you show value right away, you can crack the lamest joke on the planet and they'll laugh at you. I See, I, I gave you value, we're a few minutes in and you're cracking up. I'm just uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, right in practice. I love it. There are, I'm almost seeing some parallels here to storytelling. Storytelling is a personal favorite um, topic of mine, but I'm kind of seeing here that, you know, there might be some elements of storytelling that work. Do storytelling and humor tend to go together or maybe for some people getting into using humor, getting comfortable with it? Is that a natural place to start? It's maybe? a fantastic place to start, to start with a story, to start with an anecdote, because like you said, both of them have some of the same elements. There's this storyline, there's, you know, laying a foundation, uh, you know, creating a character, building up to a point and then, you know, giving your audience this finale. Right. And so, yes, starting with stories is great. And especially if you have personal stories, if you're trying to find a way to be humorous and you say to yourself, I'm just not a funny person. Well, first off, you you actually do have some humor in you. And I want you to think about some of the ways that you've made friends or family laugh. I, I know it's happened. And I want you to pull on that and pull on some stories that really will bring a giggle to you and think about adding those to your presentations because humor is not just about jokes. It's not just about being a comedian, but it is about finding light, finding uh, moments of um, surprise, even in your presentations that you can put into story form. So yes, start there. And I will tell you this, one of my favorite sources for stories, if you say, oh, my stories are boring. Number one, I'm going to tell you, you're probably wrong. But number two, (laughs) if you feel like you don't have any funny stories, again, challenge you on that. One of my favorite sources to turn to is a book by Barry Powell, and it's entitled 99 Inspiring Stories. And he organizes Mm. them in a way where they're themes, like he might have some stories on confidence, stories on communication, stories on perseverance, right? And each of those stories has like this little twist to it that'll make the audience laugh or smile or say, aha. So if you don't feel like you have great stories or you're a wonderful source of stories, then uh, look for other resources. And one of my favorites is that, that book by Barry Powell. I love that idea. And I even would piggyback on that too, in that sometimes you may feel like you don't have great stories, but reading a story or hearing someone else's story may remind you of a story that you have experienced, something really personal within you know your life. And a lot of times it's that you might have forgotten about it or not seen the relevance until it was made a little bit clearer to you. So I find sometimes that can be helpful as well. And then it helps you to bring in that personal connection if it happens to be there. So 
I, but I love the idea of bringing stories in as that more natural place to drive humor. Yeah. I just added that uh, resource to my wish list on Amazon. Yes. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Quick question for you. Well, it's, let's say it's a two-part question because I am just curious. Um, what is the, let's start with the worst use of humor you have seen in training, seen or heard? And then let's go with the best. Ooh. I'm just totally curious here. Wow. Uh, let's see. The worst is... When someone tries to be humorous and it doesn't work, and then the speaker tries to explain it or tries to. Oh, no. And that just makes things worse. And so how to fix that is if you do whatever it is you've inserted, whether it's a funny graphic, whether it's a humorous story, whatever it is, if it flops, if they don't get it, if it just does not work, leave it alone. And keep it <laughs> don't don't try to fix it. Don't try to clean it up. It's like baking a cake that looks a mess, uh-huh. and then you sit here trying to put toothpicks in it and and trying to use frosting to glue it together, and you just you're just making uh-huh. it, you know, a hotter mess. dot com. So <laughs> don't even bother. Just keep moving. And I know it's it's unnerving and it rattles you a little bit, but just say to yourself, okay, that didn't work. Tuck that in the back of my mind. We'll fix that and keep it moving. Now, the best use of humor. Wow. You know, a lot of keynote speakers are really good with using humor. And the best use is going to be when it's purposeful and there's there's this wonderful point to it where it directly connects to the question you're trying to answer or the objective of your presentation, where it's not just kind of thrown in there for the sake of throwing in a moment of levity, but it's woven in almost seamlessly where it transitions you from one thought to the next, but it also is so purposeful until it it just fits it fits perfect. It fits perfectly because your audience came for real information. And they want relevant information. But when I see someone is able to tell a joke or whatever it is, where they're inserting humor, that they're offering up a moment for you to laugh, but it just, it's almost like a takeaway. The joke is almost as as powerful as the objective content that you, you presented. Yeah. Do you have like a specific example, like um, if it's something you did or if it's something someone else did, you don't have to share names or specifics. I'm just curious. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in a presentation about making sure that you have a message that reaches the audience the way it needs to reach the audience, no matter what, I like sharing this story. So a farmer has a son who is imprisoned and he's falsely imprisoned. And so the dad writes his son a letter and says, you know, son, I'm getting so ill in my old age. I'm just not able to harvest the crops like I normally do. And I know if you were here, you would help me. Uh, You know, I love you. Take care. 
talk with you soon. So the son writes a letter back to his dad and says, you know, dad, you fool, what are you doing talking about needing to dig up the, the, the grounds and needing to harvest the crops? What are you talking about? That's where I hid the guns. The guns are all hidden on the farm. <laughs> so of course, prison <laughs> officials are going to review mail that comes in and out. And this letter raised some red flags for them. So they alert <laughs> the local officials. They go out and they are ripping this farm apart. I mean, mm. they are looking <laughs> for these firearms and they find nothing. The son then writes dad another letter and says, dad, the farm is now dug up for you. We can go <laughs> plant your crops. Get the best that I can. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. Make sure That's your good. message has its intended purpose and that it accomplishes what you need it to accomplish. So that's an example of that story kind of feeding into awesome. a point of a communication, effective communication presentation. Awesome. I think that's a phenomenal yes. example. <laughs> I mean, that, that really does the job. And, you know, Chris, I think your question actually got me thinking about something as well. You know, there are some great examples of humor out there and using humor effectively. And I've also been in sessions before where I have seen someone tell a story that absolutely hits home for people. They're laughing, they're leaning forward, they're really invested. And that's where things fall apart mm -hmm. because the facilitator sees that connection and doesn't let it go. The whole thing becomes almost like a stand-up routine mm -hmm. because they have trouble figuring out the balance between the entertainment and the training. So when it comes to the train versus entertain, Bridget, I'm really curious about your thoughts on how you explore that balance, how you maintain that balance when you're in front of an audience. Do you have any thoughts or tips to make sure you don't go too far into a direction where you might actually start to miss the mark? Right. Yeah. So I stole this from someone and I wish I could remember from whom I stole it. Please don't Contact the authorities and share a sale with him. I heard someone share this and I loved it. And this is a formula that I want listeners to use when it comes to striking that balance between training and entertaining. Use the letters PSA, not public service announcement, but point story application. So what is the big point? The big question you're solving, the big problem you're giving an answer to, the big mystery that you are demystifying, that point. And you should have about three to five of those in your training, in your presentation. And then give a story, moment of levity, a real life example, a story, whatever that S you want to call it, whatever that story is, it can take on any form, but it's something that helps the brain connect the unfamiliar, your point, to the familiar. I'm giving you something that everybody can relate to in order to help you understand this possibly new concept that I've delivered to you in the form of that point. And then the A is application. Now that I've given you the point, some background information and a story to help your mental hook develop. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity to apply what you have just learned. So use those three letters, P-S-A, and you will get your balance every single time. 
Oh, I love that. And that's easy to remember. So I love it even more. <laughs> that's great. I had one other question for you too. Um, and I think that this, this has especially impacted me over the last couple of years. And it's really about the virtual training. So humor, I think for obvious reasons, makes a lot of sense in person. And it definitely makes sense in a virtual environment. But one of the things that I've certainly experienced that I think is much easier in person is that you can react. Mm. So you, when you tell a story or you say something funny, you see people's reaction to that. You see what hits the mark and what doesn't by whether or not they're laughing or they smile or something like that. It's a little harder virtually, especially in a world where a lot of people have their cameras off now. We have yeah. so much camera time. A lot of us are trying to take those breaks, especially during presentations or sessions. Do you have any thoughts or ideas or tips on how we might be able to gauge whether or not we're striking that balance or whether or not we're connecting with our audience in a world where maybe we don't have those visual cues? Sure. So the first thing that I want you to do is actually practice your presentation or especially the humorous parts where you have questions about, is this working? Is this going to resonate with the audience? I encourage you to practice yeah. your presentation or that portion of it with a colleague or with a couple of friends to gauge, is it indeed funny? Now, let me be very clear. Mm. When it comes to practicing your presentation, you want to practice it for the purpose of making sure it's polished and ready to go. In those instances, I want you to practice that in solitude by yourself, not with a mock audience. And I have very specific reasons for that, but that's not the purpose of this podcast interview. <laughs> but when it comes to trying to test out, hey, is this funny? Well, the only way you're going to find out is if you try it out on people. So that's what I want you to do. Yeah. And, and does it connect? Try it out on people. And when just trying to connect with your audience, your virtual audience in general, aside from trying to be humorous and checking and wondering, you know, checking to see if the moment of levity was indeed received as you hoped it was, but you're just wanting to see, does this work in the virtual world? What I want you to do is start putting in place a couple of best practices for the online environment. And one of those is going to be, this is my number one recommendation for making sure that you're connecting with your audience. And that is making sure that your energy is at a level 10 in the online environment. Mm. It, it has to be because you have to compensate for that physical distance that you have. So having that high energy in the online environment, that is going to start an immediate connection for your audience because they can feel your energy. They can hear it in your voice. Even if they're not paying attention to your video, they might have theirs off and they're ignoring your video, but they can hear it in your voice. They can hear a smile. Even if you're not looking yeah. at the video right now, you can tell that I'm smiling at you. So that's what I want yeah. you to do. One, have the energy high. Two, here is how you can have that energy high, and that is to stand for your virtual presentations. That is what I want you to start doing because now you're able to literally think on both feet, and there is something to that. <laughs> the next thing about that is there's a different kind of energy. Your, your, your body language and your gestures are not as constrained if you were sitting down. And then finally, I want you to think about this. If you were delivering a presentation in person, 
you would not sit for that presentation. You wouldn't. It doesn't. I mean, Absolutely. unless you're on a panel right. discussion, right? Or you would you wouldn't sit for it. So high level of energy that's going to create that immediate connection, and you can create that high level of energy by simply standing for your presentation. And then my third mm. piece of advice or best practice for webinars and connecting with your audience is pay attention to how long you're speaking. In the face-to-face environment, mm. I recommend that you speak for no longer than about 10 to 15 minutes before you have the audience apply the information you just shared. In the online environment, again, attention spans are shortened even further. I've got my phone over here. I want to go check out the latest cat videos on the ground or whatever. <laughs> so it's easy or easier for people to be distracted in the online environment. Therefore, instead of speaking for 10 to 15 minutes at a time, I want you to speak for no more than about five to seven minutes at a time before you then mm-hmm. have the audience take what you just shared and apply that information via you asking a question, putting up a poll, doing some kind of an annotation activity on the screen. Smart. I love that. I love, I mean, those are some fantastic ways to build that connection. And again, no video required. We don't necessarily have the ability to influence if that camera's on or off because there are a lot of good reasons for it to be off. Yeah. But that does not stop the connection opportunities. Wow. That's terrific. Oh, well, Bridget, I wish we had more time. We will make sure and send people to your website in the episode descriptions because I know they're going to want more time with you. (laughs) But we do have a few more quick questions to ask you before we let you go. So at the end of every episode, we do rapid fire questions. They shouldn't take more than about 60 seconds seconds to answer. Are you ready? I don't know. (laughs) Correct answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. All right, here we go. Don't worry. We got you covered. We're good. All right. So the first question is, what is your favorite or what one book would you recommend? It doesn't have to be your favorite one, but one book would you recommend to our listeners? Oh, there's too many to name. Well, uh, I know. know, feel (laughs) Feel the fear and do it anyway is definitely one because that applies presentations, life, period. And then of course, mind, real talk, what other experts won't tell you. Of course. About how to make presentations that sizzle. Okay. (laughs) Agree. Yeah. We've got that one covered. Cool. Feel the fear. (laughs) I like that one too. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. What is one tool and you can identify tool or define it however you want. So what is one tool that you cannot live without? My lipstick. Next. (laughs) <laughs> Check. that's a that's an I amazing answer yes <laughs> love it okay final question what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given wow best piece of advice i have ever been given is to make sure you show up and show out and be the most unforgettable person in the room for all the right reasons. Don't dim your light. Mm. Don't dim your shine just to make others feel comfortable or for whatever reason. And it's not about being braggadocious. It's not about being pompous. It's not about being annoying or a PETA. I like that acronym. You can figure out what that stands for. I love it. <laughs> Don't be a PETA, right? 
<laughs> it's not about that. It's just about standing tall and having your shoulders back and shining the light on other people too. And when you do that, you end up shining yourself, but don't dim your light for anybody. And also make sure you're turning up the glow on other folks along the way. Mm. Wow. That is fantastic. And I got to say, Bridget, you have been a light today. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing so many ideas, so much wisdom, and frankly, so much humor with (laughs) all of us. I think this is a very needed break for all of us in our day. So we really appreciate it. For sure. Thank you for the opportunity. I had a good time. Oh, good, good. Absolutely. And of course, many thanks to all of you in our community for listening. And before you go, we have an announcement from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you need consultant services? The Metro DC chapter of ATD has many talented members. Go to dcatd.org and check out our consultants directory under the resources menu option. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today. 